Well, you know, <laughs> I actually, I, I heard this, and I don't know if it's true, because I, I didn't watch, I, I watched Mr. Rogers growing up, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a, anything that I would have seen would have been reruns, and it was, it wasn't mm-hmm. as, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's always popular, but it wasn't at its height like it was, I think, earlier. Mm-hmm. And so when I, and I don't know, so I don't know exactly if this is true, but I read that they, in the movie, they got it wrong, that the the line is actually, it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Huh. And in the movie, like, it's a beautiful day in the neighbor in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not, but I, I read something about that. that I think that is true. He always sang, it's this a beautiful day in this, in this neighborhood. Yeah. So, huh. I don't know. I, I found that interesting. I was like, oh, I, I need to go check that out. When I was little, funny. I watched Mr. Rogers a lot, but it was always like nap time and my mom would put it on. And all I remember is that when he went into make-believe world and the, the camera followed the trolley and it you know transitioned out, right. I would lose consciousness. Like I just remember <laughs> every time. Like, yeah, I, and, and I would wake up when the episode ended. Oh. So he was like, you know, uh, that's kind of what funny. was the song he sang as he left? I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, but he would. It's such a good feeling. He he would sing <laughs> that song, he, and I would wake a, up as he sang. Did he play it. on PBS? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. He yeah. was always on PBS. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Which well, I didn't like I that there was an era in the movie to kind of. Uh, what you call PBS culture, which was when they had those three classical players. Yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> it was yeah. just yes. exactly like something that you see in one of those yeah. like, I thought afternoon the same yeah. <laughs> programming. Yeah. Yeah. It was really funny. Um, how was the, uh, Ben, how was, we were talking about this earlier, how was, were they actually playing? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. they was, were. Yeah, yeah, they were real musicians in, yeah. in that shot, yeah. We were discussing earlier, mm. um, I had said, I had said on the wide shot at the very end when it was pulling out, and he was playing the the piano. Oh yeah! I turned to Chloe. I was like, he doesn't have his foot on the sustain pedal, and he's like, the piano is clearly <laughs> sustained. sustained. And I was funny. like, and I turned to Ben. I'm like, and you have ruined that for me. You guys have ruined that for me. <laughs> the moral of the story: the podcast where a writer, a philosopher, and a filmmaker explore the stories that make us and the morality that makes the story. I really liked this movie and. The uh, the thing about uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood um, is that it covers a lot of themes that a lot of movies just don't cover. Yeah, it, it's just a different sort of movie. In fact, when we first started watching it, I knew a little bit about the plot because I had done some research on it. But uh, Lisa, my wife, when we sat down to watch, she was watching it with no expectations and she was really surprised by the actual movie it was. Yeah. Cause I think you kind of have this idea that it's going to be about Mr. Rogers bio, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, which, how did he get into not, television yeah. and all these things. And actually it's more about Mr. Rogers being a Christ figure mm-hmm. that moves into all these people's lives, particularly the main journalist. But yeah. I would like to, I don't know if the documentary goes into more of this, but mm-hmm. I would like to know more about, Mr. Rogers himself. Yeah, that's true. You know, he because he really was such a fascinating individual. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, so just a, a quick highlight of this movie. It's not really about, in case you haven't seen it, which you should have if you're listening, but it's about a reporter who's basically, he's, and Ben, you might be able to do a better job because you've, I think, have some more experience with it. But uh, he's a, a reporter who's kind of known for picking his subjects apart and, and not necessarily... I guess being negative, but being brutally honest 
and kind mm-hmm. of, I guess he's a, a bit of a cut through the fluff, yeah, cut to the real hard, exactly the real, the real story. Yeah. So, so the film opens with, or, or, you know, early on in the film, he gets assigned essentially a puff piece about Mr. Rogers. Um, Mm-hmm. And that Mr. Rogers was actually the only person who agreed to be interviewed by him because he has such he had such a reputation for not being so kind to mm-hmm. his subjects that he was the only one um, that would even be up for it. So the movie is is more about this reporter and his relationship with Mr. Rogers and his relationship with his father and things like that. So it's not, um, yeah, I, I would say Mr. Rogers is in a relatively small amount of the yeah film. well it, it is a lot more about the reporter which um the the man portrayed in the movie isn't a version or a fictionalized version of the real reporter um who had a different name and i can't remember the name of the real reporter but this reporter actually did write for esquire magazine he actually did mm-hmm. do a cover feature on mr rogers mm-hmm. that got a lot of acclaim and that inspired the movie but um it's interesting i went back after watching the movie and read the article Mm -hmm. that he had written because the movie in it kind of climaxes with him writing this article almost as a catharsis of his problems with his dad and how mr rogers helps him through this personal crisis he he goes through and um and in the article it's really a lot more about how mr rogers changes a series of lives and the journalist is watching so you don't really get a lot of insight into the personal crisis that the movie dives into. The movie definitely says, well, what was going on in the journalist's life here? Um, But when I was uh, reading more about the journalist, he says that he actually did have a lot of trouble um, with his father and in his personal life, but Mr. Rogers actually taught him to pray. That was the climax of yeah. his own story um in real the, life at, at the end of the article huh. uh, mr rogers and him go in with a woman who's i think kind of a pentecostal oh is this in the uh, real article? prayer yeah in the real oh, article wow. it okay. climaxes with her in mr rogers office and the journalist is there and mr rogers says oh you're such a wonderful prayer will you pray with um mm. me and lloyd really and they prayed together and that's when the journalist says and that's when i knew that this is what Mr. Rogers had been planning all along Hmm. was to get me to pray with him basically. Wow. And so there was this very spiritual drive and thrust to the article about how Mr. Rogers used his faith to change people. Well, you know, there's a, it's, it's interesting up in Pennsylvania, there is a monastery that is, that has a huge uh, endowment from Mr. Rogers Oh really? Yeah, and wow. it, there's a huge like a theater. It's attached to a university, yeah. but it's it's like a Catholic monastic university yeah. that's has a huge endowment for Mr. Rogers. And the theater there is like the Fred Rogers yeah, yeah, theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, well, anyway, that was it's, it's really interesting because he he is he was a deeply religious person, and and that was something about the film that I really appreciated and loved about it because you know so often today's movies they you know Mm -hmm. will tend to either push those things aside that were true in reality or make them something that they weren't Mm -hmm. which i think in this case uh, they didn't do they stayed very true to how important that was in his life Mm -hmm. i mean kind of brought that to the forefront of the story which i was again was very you know refreshing to Mm -hmm. see because that's not always what 
they tend to do with it is, stories like this. It's interesting hearing the the little bit about the him teaching him to pray because that they don't put that in the film and that would that really pushes the real life events to a much more evangelistic place mm-hmm. than the film allows it to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about dealing, dealing with our emotions and our feelings. Although I would say more than a lot of, or any faith based type film I've ever seen, I found it moving yeah. mm-hmm. and convicting. Yeah. <laughs> Just Mr. Oh, yeah. Rogers as a person, even through the lens of Tom Hanks, was seeing that and seeing him and, his responses and the bit of his wife's character that was in it yeah. mm-hmm. and her saying like, oh, he's worked at this his whole life, you know? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and there are other stories that aren't in this film. Like I remember once there was a, it was like a hidden camera expose show or something where they it was basically like punked, but you know, 30 yeah. years earlier mm-hmm. where they brought all these celebrities into a hotel that they were supposed to be staying in. And they had taken everything out of the room. So there was nothing in the room. It was just like in the a, hotel room. Yeah, it was like a okay. chair, and they're like I forget what it was exactly, but nothing like a totally not adequate for a normal person, let alone yeah. Yeah. celebrities with these big right. riders and all the stuff they needed. Mm-hmm. Oh, to like provided. secretly see how they would react, see how they reacted. Oh, okay, and they cool. Like blew a gasket. They got all angry and upset and stuff. And then Mister Rogers walked in. I said, "Well." I guess we'll make the best we can out of it. Out of wow. <laughs> just totally. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody else, you know, was, went ballistic. And anyway, that, so it, I think what's portrayed in the film is true. Right. To him. Yeah. Um, but you, it's funny because, you know, I just, I don't think about behavior from the lens very much of like dealing with anger. Mm-hmm. But I think it's easy to like not realize like how angry you are. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, to kind of kind of o- you mask overlook. anger through either thing like, well, that's wrong, or that person was did something stupid, or mm-hmm. you know, it's all external mm-hmm. rather than him. He's saying like, well, you, I need to, or we each in our, on our own need to deal with our own anger outside of. Any exterior, right, mm-hmm. event or person or anything, yeah. and and it's- I, I was I was convicted of that too because uh, I think the sins that we're really aware of, or at least I'm aware of, and that people talk about a lot, are sins of like temperance and self control. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, I'm so overweight, or you know, just mm-hmm. whatever it may be, too much social media or things like that. But uh, Mr. Rogers in the film really drills down to uh, forgiving people mm-hmm. and how much hatred or dislike or um, anger, like you're saying, drives mm-hmm. a lot of your subconscious and, and right. what you do and why you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think well, those like- are the sins that you kind of overlook mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. Um well, I think that's that's a little more, you know, I think back to the scripture that talks about being angry but sinning not. Right. Because that's that that's all internal. And yeah. you sin when you take it outside of the internal. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not that you process it. Well, not you, categorically. Yeah, but, but it, it becomes something mm-hmm. internal <laughs> and, you know, the sin is when it becomes like more than what's going on 
I guess. Well, I would. It could be sin internally too. Well, Just like murder that? in your heart. Or oh, oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of in the level that Jesus lied, yeah, 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 draws yeah, yeah. of saying, yeah. like, if, if you sin in your heart, you've sinned. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of part of it. Because it's uh, in some ways, particularly in, I guess, if you, like, myself, I'll take myself mm-hmm. as an example. You know, I've grown up in a very nice household, a g- mm-hmm. good childhood, Christian parents, good rules. You know, I was raised well. There's not, you know, Never did drugs or like, I don't have yeah, like yeah. a huge story, you know, of yeah. you know, some dramatic conversion. But I find that I actually think that puts a heavier burden on me mm-hmm. because it's sort of like what you've been given, much is required. Right, right. You know, that, that you know, somebody yeah, like the guy in the why film. Why aren't you like Mr. Rogers? Why am I not better? Yeah. Considering what I've been given. Yeah. Well, you know, and the moment and, that convicted me a lot was when it shows Mr. Rogers praying for all the people that he knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people who need prayer. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Yeah. And yet the people that I pray for are either people who ask me to pray for them or like there's a crisis, mm-hmm. like yeah. an immediate need. But in terms of like an ongoing prayer for someone that I haven't seen in a few years well, and, or that sort of a prayer life. That's catch, a challenge. Did you catch the fact that like, because when he, they first meet, you know, he's just saying, tell me about your family, yada, yada. And he says, what's, you know, oh, what's their name? What's your wife, you know, what's your wife's name? And then what's hmm. your dad's name? And it was because he was getting their name for his prayer list. Oh, I hadn't made that connection. Oh, that's what wow. I thought when he saw him and he was reading through yeah. all the names in his list, mm-hmm. and like he had just asked him just so he could pray for him. Wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that made me get emotional. I just thought, man, it's like how much, how much energy, and focus, ex- like outward. Yeah, and that's why he did the TV show. Right, it's because his whole orientation was on other people. Right. Yeah, and realizing because I've because I've thought this separately but it ties in that that you know it, most of the time if you are in people get in conflict or people say something that you find offensive or you know, mm-hmm. hurts your feelings or whatever the biggest error we make is in assuming that what people say is about you mm-hmm. like yeah. somebody says something and you think this reflects on me and in reality the things people say actually tell you about themselves Right. Really, yeah, it almost exactly. never actually has a connection to you, mm-hmm. even in a you know, parent to child relationship or you know siblings or friends. Because mm-hmm. it's all about how you react. When people it. say it, it's actually showing you how they feel about something else. Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. or not it has any accuracy or bearing on right. what you're doing. Right. Right. But the challenge is keeping that in your mind. Yeah. yeah, while well, all that stuff happens, and there's and there's a moment in the movie where Mr. Rogers does that because Lloyd, the journalist, is kind of trying to get under his skin a little bit. Was it hard for your sons? Yeah, was it hard for your sons? Mm-hmm. And you can see in Mr. Rogers the way Tom Hanks plays mm-hmm. it, and that's from the article is that it? that okay. actually okay. happened. Cool. That scene with the puppets and everything, and he uh, and in the movie, you know, uh, you see in Mr. Rogers' face just a moment of. I wouldn't even say a shadow. It just is a moment where he is processing mm-hmm. the fact that that's a personal kind mm-hmm. of question that's yeah. kind of meant to hurt him a yeah, little bit. Yeah. And 
he then he says, well, thank you, Lloyd, for reminding me of that. And and it sounds when you say the line, it sounds like it could be passive aggressive, but yeah. it isn't. Like the way he delivers it is very gentle. Uh-huh. He says, "Thank you for saying that." Yeah, thank you for saying that, and, and reminding way, me of in a way the fact that it was hard for them probably well, to that, have me for a dad. And I think he also it's like he's thanking him for the empathy of thinking about how they felt. Yeah, right. Which which I personality wise, yeah. How other people feel is the first thing to go. <laughs> just for me, like, yeah. if I'm honest, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I have a real, like, oh, come on, like, just, you know, toughen up. Even my kids, it's like, I'm scared. It's like, well, don't be scared. Come on, be brave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be just, strong. You know, and, buck yeah. up and yeah. let's go for it. Right. You know? Well, because yeah. it's but, hard to put yourself in that perspective, especially mm-hmm. when it's something that you haven't experienced. Yeah. But like, to even try, especially when. It's not something you've experienced, but to even try is very, it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like to actually stop and say, okay, I'm going to slow down for five seconds and actually try to understand the position from your, where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. takes time. And yeah. I think that, you know, that's one thing that people just quote unquote, oh, I don't have time for that, you know? Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it, and it, it's, it's his, a powerful mm, thing to be able to do that. The power of focus yeah. That was the other thing that I just was so blown away by. Like when he's first on the phone with him and, and the Mr. Rogers character says, well, Lloyd, the most important thing in the world to me right now is talking to you on the phone. That hit me really Yeah, hard. yeah so, I was wow. like, wow. It, yeah. You know, when you think about the people, your time with your children or time with people that you matter, it's like yeah. phones and distraction. And, and if it's not your phone there, it's like you put your phone away. It's a million things in your mind yeah. that you're worried about or thinking right, about. Right. It's like, oh, hurry up, hurry up, you know. Just and just him saying like, no, I'm just I'm slow. I'm just yeah. going to be slow, and I'm going to take yeah. The peace. It's, it's slowness, almost as a kind of rebellion, like discipline. It, it's, yeah. it's a discipline, yeah. and and uh-huh. I use the word rebellion in a very mild way. Well, rebelling against how everyone else treats time. Right, exactly. And saying, I won't and you can't make me hurry in that way. Mm -hmm. Like, um, because it's it's funny how Mr. Rogers kind of weaponized silence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to the extent, like you saying, I'm not surprised to hear that he gave money to a monastery in that Mm -hmm. sense. Like, Mm -hmm. the way that he... Um, kind of an ascetic practice of silence mm-hmm. and taking time purposefully right. to to create contemplation. Really, that's what it was: contemplation right. of of going deeper. Yeah. Um, I think he a big thing that's that stood out in this movie for me was um, a little bit what you were were saying about how he he captivated and and I'm not saying this in kind of like a a yolo type way but it was like he truly lived in the moment mm-hmm. in a way that said what I'm doing right now could be the last thing that I do right so mm-hmm. I'm going to do it with the most sincerity the most grace the most yeah and you know what I mean yeah it's like, and that it, actually I, the, the this is actually the most important thing I'm doing right now having this conversation with him because this could be my last one, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not yeah. sure if that's how he actually processed things. It could mm-hmm. have been, or it, that could have totally, but that's what it, that's how it spoke to me because it was, you know, it was, it, it felt like he 
was really there. Right. He wasn't thinking about other things. He wasn't thinking about where he was going to get dinner or he was there. Yeah. You know, and that was... Well, it's almost the opposite of the, when you say, you know, the kind of hipster, modern, like live in the moment, man, kind of thing. It's actually the opposite. It's truly doing it, but it's the opposite of how people interpret that right most they, of the time they say they it's all about me yeah exactly mm. so i'm living in the moment right yeah nothing else matters exactly he's living the moment for everybody else exactly right yeah well and and there's and the thing that surprised me was like there's even a moment in the movie and i don't know how real this is but toward the beginning where lloyd is first interviewing him and he uh kind of abruptly leaves Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that scene, but he's like he talks with him a little yeah, bit, and then yeah. he said, and then his handler comes and says, "Fred, we need you," and he says, "I'm so sorry, bye," and he just leaves. Yeah, and then Lloyd says, "Like, I had an it? hour, like I had an hour with yeah. you, like or whatever." Yeah, yeah. And and it's funny to me because Mr. Rogers ended up giving him a huge amount of time with mm-hmm. him, like way more than the hour. Yeah, but it, right. but there was Mr. Rogers was s- sort of outside of the control of i don't know of i guess social pressures and social norms he just he he lived in a rhythm that was not anti that but just ignored it almost mm-hmm. yeah yeah um and, and i found that it. yeah unaffected by it and i found that really mm-hmm. intriguing mm-hmm. to see that see someone live that way um, one of the things that I really loved in the movie was an artistic decision they made to have the camera pan over Mr. Rogers' little miniature cityscapes. Mm-hmm. Well, the the whole movie was an episode of Mr. Rogers. Right. right. That's yeah. that's yeah. how the layout of the film was was portrayed. That was shocking so, a little bit when he opens the picture it and it's like, oh, whoa. No, it, I, it caught me off hit. guard. By the end, I really enjoyed it, but it was like, it took me a while to be like, okay, so this is actually supposed to be an episode of Mr. Rogers' yeah, neighborhood, yeah. and it was it was a cool creative choice. Um, and they did a great job of emula. I mean, the the um, period TV, yeah, no, it look and really sets good. and mm-hmm. the whole thing was really just good. really well done. But even to the point that as the film starts to climax in its intensity and its drama, and you know people are being rushed to the hospital, and there's like death kind of lingers in the background, you know the camera pans over what would be a cityscape shot that zeroes in on the car that the journalist is driving to rush to the hospital mm-hmm. is the little miniature car, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. driving. And, and in a way I almost found it odd, but I, but the message they were saying was a really profound message, which was, you know, this little miniature world that Mr. Rogers created, it seems to be a fantasy world that is not the real world, mm-hmm. but actually Mr. Rogers's world is the real world. Right. Yeah, that yeah. how he approaches life is more, more realistic, true. more there mm-hmm. than yeah. this hurry scurry, mm-hmm. you know, heavy universe that Lloyd lives in. Because Lloyd yeah, lives right. in, as a journalist, a very intense, you know, New York magazine, yeah, New York magazine yeah, publishing right. world. That's that's um, like the height of like rat race, like yeah, career. exactly. You know, in this world that he was creating, not only was, you know, it, it, it a shadow or a, what was supposed to be the real world, but I think he was also emphasizing and trying to change the opinion of what actually was important in the mm-hmm. real world. Mm-hmm. 
Because when you look at the cityscapes of New York and you see the buildings and, mm-hmm. you know, in the real world, you think oh, business, money-making, mm-hmm. achievement, those are the important things in life. But when you look at it from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood perspective, it's just a city with lights, mm-hmm. but then you zero in on the house and in the car and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's what happens inside. It's mm-hmm. his family. It's his yeah. family. Mm-hmm. It's his mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. It's his friends. Mm-hmm. that's the things that are actually important because when you're looking when you're looking at the real world through that lens what we consider important is just a cityscape it's right. just a cardboard box with fake lights and well and and, um, and perspective as mm-hmm. the big the big yeah, takeaway exactly. for me it's it's that like it's all it's like dolls you know, Your problems become a lot smaller. Rather than like the big city and you're tiny in it, it's like your yeah. your problems are small. The the mm-hmm. city is small. Yeah. Um, well, something that I was struck by because after this, I uh, watched um, a few things. One was I watched the uh, Mister Rogers interview with Charlie Rose, mm-hmm. um, and you can find this on YouTube. But it's fascinating. Because one of the things he mentioned was that when he started in television. Um, was he went home from, I think, seminary, hmm. and he walked into his parents' home, and they had, I think, just bought a TV, or it was one of the first times he had encountered a TV, and something like Hee Haw was on, or some mm-hmm. kind of frenetic I- entertainment show. Yeah, yeah. And Song he watched and it, yeah, yeah and, he, and he watched it, and he said, "All here's a new way to just create noise. That's basically mm-hmm. what he said he saw. And he thought, well, but this is a really powerful device, and maybe I could project the opposite of noise, uh-huh. you know, project grace mm-hmm. was the word he used, project grace into people's living rooms through it. Mm. Wow. And one of the decisions he made was not to do a lot of cuts uh-huh. to different angles. Mm. He kept a lot of still shots, long shots. But his editors loved him. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he said that he didn't want to create, and this was his word, a sense of fragmentation yeah. in yeah. how he created. And it's funny when you watch Mr. Rogers episodes because there is just this static steadiness to even the camera work. Um, Mm -hmm. One one moment that I loved um, in the movie was toward the end. He's with uh, Chris Cooper, who's the dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And actually that's a theme through the whole, whole Mm -hmm. movie is just fatherhood, fatherhood, which is something you don't see portrayed very much. I think because of toxic masculinity and all these Mm -hmm. other concerns that people have. But Mr. Rogers, his whole persona, he was the dad people never had. Mm-hmm, or right. if they had bad right. dads, you know. Um, he came home from work. He took off his shoes. Yeah. He spent time with the kids. Yeah. Um, and uh, and in the movie, the main character is exactly like that. He has mm-hmm. no relationship with his father. Um, and so Mr. Rogers is sort of everyone's father. A- mm-hmm. And I liked how it the movie rehabilitated the role of fatherhood mm-hmm. a lot yeah um in a positive way and not in a namby-pamby way either yeah. um like i saw some people online criticize the film before i saw it because there's a scene where mr rogers is talking to lloyd mm-hmm. in the cafe and he says lloyd says well you like people like me and he says well who what are people like you and he says well i'm broken and he says, I don't think that you're broken. Mm-hmm. And I read a few people criticize that scene because they kind of interpreted it as a, 
I guess, a denial of original sin or a denial that people have sinful natures. Oh. Um, but what I interpreted the scene as saying, what resonated in the moment was Lloyd and people like him, whether you're a bad person or a good person, we tend to think of ourselves as basically being um, broken, quote unquote, in either in a therapeutic sense, like, oh, I'm so broken and that's just who I am, or we think about it as in a a failure sense. I'm just a like failure. Beyond repair. Yeah, I'm beyond yeah. repair and I'm a failure. And Mr. Rogers basically says the opposite of both those things. He yeah. says, throughout the whole movie, he says, we're human. We have these tendencies toward failure, uh-huh. you know, toward sin and failure, but we can still love other people in their humanness. Right. And that response that we are able to make in love to people is the thing that is not beyond repair, that we all have that ability to respond to that. And that is God's grace. It's not of ourselves. But but that, and I, I think that's one of the hardest things actually to master in life because I think it's so easy to pivot into one of those two extremes, to yeah, be yeah. like a doer mm-hmm. in the spiritual yeah. life and be like, yeah, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't look at porn, I don't do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I'm, and- and then more if being I'm not, a donter. I'm a donter, <laughs> yeah. and and it's about performance essentially. Yeah. Or you have this laissez-faire attitude where you know because I'm a beautifully broken person, sort of it doesn't just really matter. Just go hug somebody. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. It, it it doesn't matter. But Mr. Rogers basically embodies a different way, which is to say, you know, accept the fact that you have kind of failure in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and everything you do is going to have failure mixed in. Yeah. But that God loves you, like mm-hmm. not who you will be, but who you are. Well, and, um, and, and but that he loves you into being who you ought to be. Right. Yeah. And both of those things are true. Well, and I think that today's definition of love is pretty different than maybe how it should is, be. Or... Should be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I don't know, when we think of love, it's either in a Hollywood romantic way or it's in like a accept everyone no matter what kind of way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I'm not saying there aren't elements of, but their love is, first of all, it's an action and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you have to have action behind it mm-hmm. for it to actually have any weight. It can't just be something you say, but also it's it's wanting something better mm-hmm. than where you are now. Yeah. Love is not yeah. just staying where you are. It's, right. It's moving, it's growing, mm-hmm. you know, and in our case, growing more in the image of, of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what love is. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not a stagnant thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people kind of have a, <clears throat> a misdefinition mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. which is probably right. what lends itself to to being used in such mm-hmm. well, yeah, throwaways. Right ways. I think that applies ways. too to his like, I, I love you just the way you are exactly. statement because it's not a statement of saying, I love you no matter what you do. Or yeah. even that I love you and you don't need to change. You yeah. might need to change, yeah. but I love you anyway. Right. Because like, Lloyd needed to change. All through yeah. the movie, it's all about it's, how much Lloyd needed Fred to change. It's about Fred Rogers. And, and that's something that Mr. Rogers 
sort of dials in on in the movie a lot that yeah. Lloyd's problem is not just his hatred of his father, but his hatred of himself as a father. Oh, right? yeah. There's yeah. so many scenes where mm-hmm. they're trying to point out in very subtle ways, too. I thought it was well done at you know, Lloyd holding his son mm-hmm. when he's watching Mr. Rogers episodes yeah. and just the tension mm-hmm. that you can feel within yeah. him because he's just had his his firstborn son. Um, one moment that I, I did really love in this movie was it's toward the end and the family of Lloyd is gathered around his his dad who's dying. And the weight of death is kind of in the room. Yeah. And then Mr. Rogers has this line and I'm probably going to bungle it, but I'll try. It's He says... Um, you know, death is a heavy thing. Mm-hmm. And then he says, but death is human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then anything human is mentionable, mentionable and anything mentionable is manageable. Yeah. 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 And again, you could, you could take that line and you could say, well, death is so far beyond our ability to even touch that reality. You, you, need, you need Christ in the cross and the resurrection to actually solve that problem. Right. Mm-hmm. But on a more human level, Mr. Rogers in that line was narrowing down the idea of just confession mm-hmm. and speaking things in a truthful way mm-hmm. and not withholding yeah. that that breaks the power of mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Yeah. So much evil calling it for what it is yeah is yeah. is powerful because of a lie or because of silence yeah that's true yeah. um yeah. and that that was something that was interesting because uh, <laughs> lloyd mentioned this mentions this in the movie um when i was flipping through uh, episodes of mr rogers to play for my daughter i came on the one it was kind of like a lost episode where he talks about war and yeah. I don't know that if it ever aired. They said it was like a lost episode or really? something. But there's literally an episode where his puppets talk about a war that's just started. I don't know which war it was at the yeah. time. But they just explain war to children. <laughs> and, it's, and, and it's kind of funny because you think, you know, this would never pass muster now yeah, in a yeah. kid's uh-huh, show. Uh-huh. But again, it was Mr. Rogers trying to break the right. power of things by describing it truthfully right. yeah. in a way that children yeah. could understand. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, it's very interesting. Well, there were so many morals of the story in this There movie. are. I was gonna, do, a do you have a, a takeaway loop? I, I, I kind of touched on it before, but it, I, I, it was really impactful for me when, I, when he said that line about, you know, well, right, what I'm doing right now talking to you is, is the most important thing. And um, that was really, really... Uh, really impactful. It reminded me of the scripture that, you know, everything you do, do work out with all your heart. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. like whether you're taking out the trash and, you know, there's a lot of practical ways you could do it. And those are l- low things. It, it could be whether your work or your family, but every little thing, you know, I could be taking a phone call, but like be, be fully invested in that and who I'm having that conversation with and what I'm doing and do with it and do it with all my heart, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that, I think that does a lot. It conveys sincerity because mm-hmm. it is sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's living in that moment, but mm-hmm. for other, for others, Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's living like it could be your last, but if it is your last, <laughs> it wasn't a selfish moment, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part was, that was really impactful for me. Um, 
and there were a lot of others, but what were, what were mm-hmm. some of y'all's? Um, I would say my moral of the story uh, with this film, which I was, it's funny, I've, I was looking it up to, to uh, get it to watch, and I kept searching Rogers, Mr. Rogers, and it never came up, and I had to search Tom Hanks. <laughs> I had to do that, too. <laughs> it's like, That's what do funny. they call this? Well, like, I kept entering is, the name of the documentary, yeah, which is... Welcome, uh, or... A, a, I don't even remember. Won't now. you be my neighbor? Yeah, won't you be my neighbor? That's yeah, what I that's kept looking That's the documentary, at. Yeah. and this is called "A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, but my my um, take. I don't. Know, there are a lot of different things that that were impacting in the film. Um, I think the most, I guess, strange or or new idea that hit me in it was that to do what Mister Rogers did or did, does in the story. Um, it basically requires being willing to to speak intimately with people mm-hmm. you know and most of us like i think to drop the guard is that yeah dropping the guard um and but you know it's like if you if you just meet somebody and they say like well my parent died or yeah. it, it, you know a lot of us like you feel like you don't know what to say to that yeah. Part mm-hmm. of the reason you don't know what to say is that you feel bad to actually you're worried about like triggering like deep emotion in the person you're talking to. Yeah. And you don't want to say it. And it's like, I'm so sorry, are you okay? Like, but he immediately like connects with empathize the yeah. empathy of what it means to share that with the person. Mm-hmm. And, well, and there's that scene, I think, in the movie where Lloyd says, well, my dad is in the hospital or something. And he goes, oh, like he yeah. has a reaction that's very heartfelt. Right. Yeah. And un- or even premeditated. when he says, my mom died when I was young. And he says, oh, and he says, um, I know. And he immediately goes and says, I know if she saw you now, she would be so proud. Yeah. yeah. And, you, yeah. and you know that he's just cut to the heart of Everything that any every person yeah. who's yeah. lost a parent young, yeah, yeah, feels that right. or right. needs that, you know, and yeah. that he that he goes there in a sense because to go there you also have to be extremely vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. But the yeah. vulnerability is actually what his power what came from or was, right? Right. Um. So anyway, yeah, that's I think that was my my moral of the story is yeah. Is, so my moral of the story is uh, a moment in the film that really stuck out to me and then actually echoed something in the article that the movie was based on. And in this moment, um, Mr. Rogers whispers to Chris Cooper, the dad, something that you don't hear. And then later on, Lloyd, the son, asks him what he whispered. And he asked him, uh, he said that he asked him to pray for him because he says anyone who's suffering like he is, must be very close to God. And it was interesting because I had a thought when I saw the movie, which was, oh, Mr. Rogers is playing kind of a reverse psychology with Chris Cooper's character because Chris Cooper's character is obviously very far from God <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in some sense because he's, he's a drinker and he's a womanizer and he's just barely gotten con- reconnected with his kids and here he is on his deathbed. And Mr. Rogers says this, and it's and it sounds like a clever way to get a man who's probably not a prayer person to pray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I read the article by the the real Lloyd, mm-hmm. so to speak, um, he mentions 
Mr. Rogers doing that same thing to a little boy. Um, actually, the boy in the movie who's swinging the sword. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah, boy. yeah, And he uh, and he gets down on his level and he whispers something to him in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happened and and he whispered, "Will you pray for me?" Because he says any boy who had that much difficulty must be very close to God. Yeah. And in the in the article, Lloyd, the man who Lloyd is based on, says, "Oh, Mister Rogers, you were so clever." to ask that little boy to pray for you because I know you probably want him to just pray, period. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Rogers looks at him and he said that just this look of kind of incredulity passes his and he said, oh no, Lloyd, I, I, I really want him to pray for me. Mm. And it's funny because there's, a par- there's two voices in me. One voice is the, the kind of too clever by half voice that says... Yeah, we need to get other people to pray. If other people would pray, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and if I my myself prayed, then we would, you know, improve the world in some yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. Uh, in some progressive sense or do-gooder sense. And then there's this other voice in my head when I hear that or read that in that article, I think, oh, Mr. Rogers was so naive, right? Because these people's prayers, you know, like how good are they really? And... As I thought about it more, I realized that, no, there's a huge amount of wisdom mm-hmm. in what Mr. Rogers is saying because mm-hmm. that voice in your head that says, oh, well, it really doesn't matter if this person prays for me or not is really undercutting their spirituality or underestimating other people's spirituality and mm-hmm. overestimating your own. Yeah, Right, right. Um, and I think we even have a... Uh, a pride that inhibits us from asking for prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, people only ask for prayers if something really bad is happening and they yeah. feel like they can't yeah. do anything else. And asking people for their prayers, it's a way of humbling yourself, mm-hmm. but it's also a way of considering others more, you know, more. Uh, Considering others as better than yourself, right. as the scripture right. says, um, and valuing their suffering, mm-hmm. because actually Mr. Rogers was right mm-hmm. um, in in the real world scenario. That little boy mm-hmm. who's suffering all of that, mm-hmm. he probably is closer. Mm-hmm. If God is paying attention to anyone on yeah. planet Earth, yeah. it's probably to a little boy like that. Yeah. 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 Um, Anyway, so thinking more spiritually mm-hmm. yeah. and less cynically, mm-hmm. I guess, or um, egotistically. It, yeah. That was the real challenge, I think. Yeah, he is. Uh, humility is the yeah. big, big mm-hmm. tip. It reminded me of the uh, just that whole movie and <clears throat> thinking back on him as, a, and as an individual, the uh, scripture in Galatians came to mind. It was, you know, that do not tire of, or do not weird do not become weary in doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think that's something that he, mm-hmm. he definitely embodied that just mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's not when you feel like it, it's mm-hmm. not when you're having a good day. It's not mm-hmm. when things are going great. It's like every day. Yeah. Don't grow weary in doing good. Mm-hmm. So. The, the, there was a line in the Charlie Rose interview that has stayed with me where, and, and by the way, if you want to just hear more of the wisdom of Fred Rogers, um, there's a ton of books, actually. We were looking into this. Yeah. Um, that you can access. And if you want to do that, 
you can subscribe to audible.com in our free trial. This benefits the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, The link is audibletrial.com slash moral of the story. That's also in the show description. So you Mm -hmm. can click on that link and it'll take you directly to the page. You sign up, you get a free audiobook, and it actually helps support the show and keep it going. So yeah. we appreciate anyone who uh, who does that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm an Audible subscriber. I yeah. love Audible. Audible's the best. Yeah, it, it helps me Make, to consume a yes. lot more books than I. <laughs> mm-hmm. would Car drives are suddenly yep. productive. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the line that he said to Charlie Rose, and it's a fascinating interview to watch because Charlie Rose is like the antithesis of Fred Rogers. It's well, now all of that Me Too stuff oh, I know, Charlie that Rose came, came out yeah. about him. And it's yeah, funny because Mr. Cool. Rogers, it, he wasn't just a nice guy, quote unquote. Yeah. Like in that interview, there's this like kind of steely element that he had in, in confronting someone as worldly as Charlie Rose. But he had this line, he says, I'm very concerned, this was in the 90s, it's even more true today. He said, I'm very concerned that people today are more concerned with knowledge than they are with wonder. Hmm. Hmm. And it's fascinating to kind of contemplate that Hmm. because so much of what Mr. Rogers did in his show was try to create a sense of wonder at little things. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. And that habit of mind Mm -hmm. is one of the hardest things to nurture in children and in Mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because the nature of just living is that we start to, and it's such a cliche, take things for granted, but just literally overlook everything except the most novel thing that hits us in a day. Mm -hmm. Which is whatever we've been marketed. Yes, which is whatever you've been marketed Mm because people think it up just to do that mm-hmm. um, or, or or the pursuit of it's interesting he said knowledge the pursuit of having to understand things and not just be yeah enamored by them yeah because you know? mm-hmm. one of the things that I think made Mr. Rogers such a genuine person and Tom Hanks does a great job of showing this in the movie is that he genuinely was reacting to what was in front of him yeah in a very sincere way yeah. and he wasn't overthinking yeah mm-hmm. living in his own mind or living in the future or living in the past um, so that sense of wonder, um, that's something that'll stay with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. It's true. Really good. Yeah. Well, that's good. well, thank everyone out there for listening. Yeah. Um, don't forget and- to share, uh, the podcast with your friends, family, and enemies. <laughs> Subscribe. I feel like we should put that to music yeah. now. A little, yeah. little Fred Rogers. A little Fred um, Rogers, uh, piano out track. Share our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> share our podcast yeah. with your friends. <laughs> do do uh, do a good service and, and share the podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, make sure to please. Like won't the, you share? I'm gonna have Alex do the end credits in his Fred Rogers voice. Please, won't you share our <laughs> podcast? <laughs> yeah, but make sure to do all that, and uh, we'll see you next week with uh, with a new episode. Until next time. The moral of the story with Alex Wallaber, Luke Taylor and Benjamin Wolliver. Please subscribe to The Moral of the Story on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen. Visit moralofthestorypodcast.com. Copyright 2020 Moral of the Story Media.